if you're just like, oh, I want to have 20 million followers, then you don't really yeah. want that. You know, you don't really, you're not really planning on getting that. You just want that. Right. You know? It's like, hey, I want $20 million. You know, hey, I want to have a mansion, right? It's like, anybody can say that. Like, you have to, whatever it is, man, whether it's you want to be a doctor or you want to be a physical trainer or you want to be a football player or you want to be a podcast host, like the nitty-gritty BS that people don't see, the results that they don't see. If you're like, man, this gets me fired up. Like, I love this. When I get like that new idea that's funny and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a blast <laughs> to make. It's going to be hilarious. That's when you know you got it. That's yeah, when you know yeah. you got something, man. joining the Darren Whitson show. We're really excited about today because we're probably going to have more fun than we've had in a long time. For yeah. sure more fun than Ben's ever had. Yes. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we talked about this at lunch today. Mm. Like like always the Grinch. Yes. Right? Like ever. always the Grinch. <laughs> and so Grinch. we're we're excited to talk uh so you may know him from Cup of Joe, you may know him from his Instagram Joey Mulerano. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Muller not Molinaro. Molinaro. Sorry, Joey. Um, and, and so Joey has, has really taken advantage of the social media platform and, and done amazing things with it. Um, he's got a ton of talents. He does a ton of really funny. That's geez, a fucking fine. fine. That is a fine. Come on. Jeez, Dude, you just geez. got hit. Wireless caller. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> back to Joey <laughs> and deflecting. Uh, we got a rough start today, boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and so he's taken, he's got a ton of talents with the impressions that he does, the personality that he mm -hmm. puts out there and man, you just done a great job and, and, you know, does a lot of work with barstool sports, uh, and just has, and, and, and we'll talk about that journey and, and with them and, and what that has done for your career. But man, we really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon and jumping on with us. Hell yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. That's very kind of you to say, uh, I'm excited to be here. It's, this has a very, uh, you know, just bros hanging out feel. Yeah. Know? Man, I dig it. So I'm about to crack one open, maybe throw in a chew. It's like you're back in the locker room. You know? yeah. Yes. Well, we need to start off with that Steelers helmet right behind you. Why don't you turn to just a, a hair? That, oh, yeah. What, what kind is. of shit? What, what is that all about, bro? Yeah. What's man, all about? So actually, that was a wedding gift uh, to me, I guess to my wife as well, but to me. Uh, and so we, we do our entrance into the reception, right? And all of a sudden sitting there on the, the head table for the people, you know, for the people in the wedding party where we're sitting, there's a signed Pittsburgh Steelers helmet from Chuck Knoll, oh, uh, legendary yeah. Hall of Fame, four-time Super Bowl champion winner, uh, Chuck Knoll. Uh, and it, yeah, so it's sitting there for me. I had no idea. So as a wedding present, and uh, I keep it back up there on you know my Steelers shelf that that my wife lets me have. All right. Okay, so where so I was how, what was the decision between the Steelers helmet and the bread maker going on that shelf? I mean, how long did that take you to make that decision? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, the Steelers have been around for a long time. You uh, know what I mean, that's a good point. So mm. They're gonna get uh, they're they're always gonna get the benefit of the doubt. You All know? right, I'm, I'm fighting with them. All right, that's, <laughs> that's good. So that's good. why why the Steelers though? What where did the love of the Steelers come from? Yeah, so my dad just uh, – my whole family's from Indianapolis, have been forever. Uh, my dad grew up in the 70s, and the Colts weren't here. And mm -hmm. the Steelers yeah. were running the show. And so my dad was a little kid and was just like, yeah, I like these dudes. And then he just stuck with them uh, and, and then passed it down to me and my sister. And now her husband is mm -hmm. all in on it. And obviously my mom and working on my wife, she – she likes to go to the games, you know, she likes to do that kind of thing. It's a little tough for her to get into it, you know, on a Sunday watching her on TV, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's a family affair, man. It's a big deal. Hey, Joey, what's, what's your wife's name? Riley. Riley, sending Riley a Cowboys helmet. Yeah. Hands down. She's getting one. Well, She's getting Darren, one. So my dad, his, his younger brother is three years younger than him, right? Mm. So my dad picked the Steelers. His younger brother picked the Cowboys. Mm. They were the other team in the 70s, everything. Right. Mm. So, uh, yeah, and it's still to this day. My Uncle Nick, diehard Cowboys fan. My 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 dad and us, uh, Steelers fans. So, yeah. yeah that's I mean, great. We got a little bit of that Cowboys in us. Yeah, yeah. What Darren's yeah. forgetting to tell you I was is that say, he grew up. He here, grew up a Steelers fan. Yeah, I did. And he hated the Cowboys. Yeah. They, they all, yeah, everybody does. You know, yeah. uh, Chris Ballard, <laughs> uh, the uh, 
the general manager for the Colts. I, I've talked with him a few times and everything. Yeah. And uh, Ballard's and, a good dude. He was in Chicago when I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ballard's all, and uh, you know he he knows I'm a Steelers fan. But then he told me he's a kid grew up in Houston, mm-hmm. and he was a Steelers fan while everybody else was an Oilers fan down there. So I'm just you know they're, they're everywhere, man. Yeah. They don't call them Steelers Nation for nothing. Yeah, that's right. They don't call us America's team for nothing either. Anyway, <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to go down that road. But let's let's go on back. Let's go back, Joey. I want we want to tell your story, man, and, and start from from day one. Where where were you born, and what were the family dynamics like? Yeah, I was born. I'm the oldest of uh, of three. I got two younger sisters. Uh, I was born in the south side of Indianapolis. Again, you know, I, I've been here my whole life. Born here, raised here. Um, and my my parents were fairly young when they had me. My mom was my dad was 22. My mom was 21. So nothing too crazy. But I mean, now that I'm 28. <laughs> and I'm looking at my parents being 21, having me, you know, they were, I was seven years old when my parents are my age. And that's, you that's know, wild, I, yeah. a dog, you know, my dog is laying down on my feet here. That's enough responsibility. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Imagine having a seven year old right now. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, a, a South side Catholic Italian family. And, um, you know, my, my sisters came along once three years younger than me and then another one. Is actually uh, nine and a half, so almost ten years younger than me. Uh, my youngest that. sister, so she's only nineteen right now. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I grew up just doing like what everybody, you know what I mean. I grew up in a uh, playing CYO football, you know, on Sundays with my buddies, Saturdays and Sundays with my buddies, and our high school football team was just you know everybody worshipped them. Ron Cowley High School, right? Catholic Catholic high school football. Uh, so yeah, man, I mean, just kind of an all American growing up, I guess. What did, uh, what did your parents do, uh, for a living growing up? My dad, so my dad, uh, you know, with him being so young and, and, and having me as a young dad for a while there, he was, you know, doing a whole bunch of different things, uh, before he landed on, uh, working in baseball, actually travel yeah. baseball. Uh, so youth travel baseball, yeah. he, he spent 15 years as, uh, the, the sales director uh, at uh, Ripken Baseball, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, for Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken, yeah. Was one of one of Cal Ripken's right-hand guys, and uh, he was in charge of, uh, you know, reaching out and selling teams to come play at Cal Ripken's facility, you know, throughout the summer and the spring and everything like that. So, uh, you know, youth sports has been a big part of my life, definitely a big part of my dad's life. Uh, so he did that. And then my mom, you know, she, she picked up some jobs and stuff like that every now and then. But most of the time, she used to stay at home mom, and she wanted to take care of her babies, and she wanted to stay home with us. So that's, uh, that's how I grew up. Yeah. Love it. So you mentioned, so two sisters. What was your relationship like with your dad, right? You were, you were the only boy, your dad's only boy. What was, what was that dynamic? Did you just spend a ton of time with your dad out and, you know, playing sports, doing out, stuff outside? What was that like? I'm very close with both of my okay. parents. Um, thankfully, you know, I'm a, I'm a big mama's boy, but you know, my dad, we are definitely very close. I mean, everything in my life, uh, really has been brought to me by my dad all my interests, mm-hmm. a lot of my personality, a lot of my passions, what I, you know, wanted to do for my whole life, how, how really how I got started into media, you know, my dad introduced me to it. So, I mean, pretty much everything in my life is because of my dad and in more ways than one, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm very close with both of them. I mean, my dad, cause like I said, I mean, he always, he always kind of felt like just an older brother because he, you know, he, he's, he's, he's young at heart, you know, and he's very energetic and he's very not old school. Um, so it never really felt like I had like, old pops was going to, you know, break out the belt if he, you know, right. he disciplined me, you know what I mean? But sure. it wasn't like that. We had, we just had like a different relationship, father son relationship than like, you know, what you think of when you're like, Oh man, my pops is going to kill me type of deal. So very close to both my parents still to this day. Um, but yeah, I mean more of like a, a buddy, buddy, advice relationship with my dad and then i'm just a big mama's boy so yeah. my, so you know my wife she's trying to get me off it but i can't help it <laughs> so where did the sense of humor come from was that on your mom's side or your dad's side of the family <laughs> uh my dad's my my so my dad is a is a very um you know charismatic funny guy he he showed me the way and you know with movies and and, and saturday night live and different yeah. tv Shows. I was all introduced to that from him. I mean, my mom, she likes the same kind of movies, so I'll give her credit on that front. But 
Uh, you know, my dad's kind of the dude that's always trying to crack a joke, make people laugh, uh, be the be the center of attention in the room. And then my uncle actually. So my dad's the oldest of six. Oh. He came from a big Catholic, you know, Italian family, and his youngest brother is eighteen years younger than him. Oh. So that's the four year difference between his younger brother and his son. Mm-hmm. So my uncle, Tony, um, I grew up with him and <laughs> How'd he I know? Was really- <laughs> how did we know his name was Tony? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, you got the Joe that has a Joe and then his brother, Tony, and then my grandpa, Joe. And then, yeah, so it's pretty stereotypical. Uh, but he was, um, you know, he, he did like a bunch of, he did, he did improv in college, you know, improv groups. Oh, yeah. He was in theater and comedy and everything like that. So, so my dad and my uncle uh, really always kind of introduced me to it. And then I was like, man, I, I, I want to be like those guys. I want to make people laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Were you the class clown? Like, were you, you know, were you, were you into that as a no. kid? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I definitely like to talk and I like to make people laugh when I could, but my mom always scared me too much of getting a bad conduct grade, man. I didn't want to interrupt the class and get check marks or flip a card or whatever it was and have to go home to my mom and have a, a D in conduct. Cause then I was just S out of luck, dude. So yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't the, you know, the kid that was just too out of control because my parents just discipl- disciplined me in a way to not be, but don't get me wrong. I mean, when I saw the opportunity, I definitely like to. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. right. So what were your goals growing up? Like, what, what did you think? All right, when I grow up, I want to do this. What, what was that for you? Man, I mean, when I realized that I wasn't good enough to play Notre Dame football or, you know, be the center fielder for the Chicago Cubs, right? Mm-hmm. It was uh, really from that point on, it was like, well, I know that I can talk. I know that I don't have a fear of getting up in front of the class and uh, either performing or doing a presentation or speaking at church or whatever it was. I was like, I know I can do that. And uh, obviously, you know, I, I have videotapes of my dad, you know, when I was a kid, people, kids nowadays don't know. Cause if it don't go up on Instagram, right. right. It's not the same. <laughs> like, you know, my dad would mess around with me and, 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 and my parents and they had the VHS, you know, the home videos uh-huh. and, my dad would always be like, well, at the time, you know, I wanted to be like a pro athlete, like every other little kid. And so he'd be like, hey, man, they're going to have to ask you questions and stuff after the game. You know, you got to be able to handle that. And so he would kind of mock, like, ask me questions and I would do kind of mock interviews to kind of, you know, train myself for one day when I was going to be the shortstop for the Cubs or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, I've been doing that forever, but I kind of forget your question now. I'm sorry. No, was, oh, was just, that was it. Yeah, no, you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, just kind of vision like, okay, wanted to be an athlete. I think every kid at one point wanted to be an athlete, right? But when did it transition? Sure. I mean, was it was it high school when you were in college where you're like, oh, okay, really, yeah, no, really kind of have a vision of what I want to pursue? Yeah, I was in I was in speech class in high school. And obviously I felt comfortable doing it, but we had a textbook. Uh, that that had different quotes from you know people and everything, and one of them was from David Letterman. Mm. David Letterman also an Indianapolis native, um, so I knew that forever and looked up to him for that reason. But then you know he said something along the lines in the book that was like, you know my my math and science grades were always like a C or a D, but my speech class was an A, so I figured I probably got a pretty good chance of doing something with that. And I was like, that's kind of like me. Yeah. I got chemistry. Nah, uh, uh, you know, trigonometry, hell no. I was like, I don't got a problem getting up and, you know, killing 30 minutes in front of the class, just talking. And so from that point, I was like, all right, combine that. I love sports. All right, let's try to go the sports media route a little bit. So that was in high school, my plan going into college of like, all right, this is going to be my career path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what year, what years were you in high school? What, what years are we talking here? Uh, 2008, 2012. I graduated okay. in 12. So media, you know, Instagram was around in what, 2012? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I vividly remember where, like, when people were like, yeah, you know about this Instagram thing? And I was like, what? And I downloaded it, and I was a senior in high school. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. So, but I guess before Instagram. It was, it was the, Twitter. Twitter was big Twitter right before. Was big, yeah. And then Facebook, obviously, before right. that. And then, and then the space, man. Yeah, MySpace. Still that MySpace account. Yeah. Man. Vine big. I don't know if you remember Vine. Vine. Oh, yeah. Vine, yeah. 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 
that was kind of the 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 Vine walks so TikTok could run type of deal. Yeah, right, I mean, that's right. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'm just trying to figure out. You know, at the time it was like Sports Center. That's yeah. what, that's mm-hmm. where you got your sports information. That's yeah. that was the pinnacle. If that's the route you want, is, is that what you were thinking? Was like I'm gonna go be a, a Sports Center guy. Yeah, it was like you know I'll be like Trey Wingo and host a show with Darren Woodson, right? Yeah. You know, I'll be on live, right? And uh, or I'll be like Mike and Mike. Uh, and then and, and have talk radio in the morning. So that, that was pretty much it. And, you, you know, just being from Indianapolis and a place like this, uh, you know, thinking of like a career in entertainment or comedy or any of that is, is just something that is not really thought of. You don't really mm-hmm. talk about. It's just not a realistic thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't really start thinking about, well, maybe I didn't want to, you know, kind of get into comedy and, and, and entertainment and stuff like that until uh, college. Um, because just growing up in, in grade school and high school, it was like, you know, you're either going to be a, a, a businessman, a doctor or a teacher, you know, or mm-hmm. like a high school football coach. Mm-hmm. And all of those are phenomenal professions that we need and that are great. Uh, but, you know, for me to go in there and be like, oh, yeah, I want to, uh, yeah, I want to be an actor. Not a, thing. No. Not, uh, not, not a thing. Um, yeah. uh, I, had to, I had to find a balance of like, well, I guess like talking on the radio about sports doesn't sound too bad. That could be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that college transition like for you for, from high school to college? Like, did you say, okay, I'm looking at schools that are good in journalism or I'm, I'm, that are good in communications. What, how did you narrow down what that college experience would look like for you? Yeah, definitely communication. So like I said, I saw that. Uh, I grew Wait, up, they open communications up. to others besides the football team? I thought the football team were the only people allowed to take communications. <laughs> Just yeah, the football team and the people who wanted to talk about the football okay, team. Cool. Um, okay, that's it. Um, so it was the, the David Letterman tie, right? So mm. Ball State uh, up in Muncie, mm. Indiana. Uh, that's where he went. You know, that's where he graduated, and uh, he had you know he donated and has his own building there, the David Letterman communication building or whatever. So I was like, yeah, that's where I got to be. I got to, I got to go there. And, uh, I got there and it, it just, you know, it just wasn't right, the right fit. Like I just didn't feel at home there. Um, I, you know, it was, it was fine. Like I survived my freshman year and did that, but I was like, I just, I don't think I want to go back there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so from there I transferred to the university of Indianapolis after my freshman year, it's a small D two school, mm-hmm. um, in Indianapolis, but they had a really good radio program. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, I, I went there and then finished out my time there. <laughs> so was it because I feel like a, a big portion of your demographic that you reach through social media is that like college crowd. Right. And and a lot of content that you do outside of some of the football characters, uh, personalities that you do are like college situations like mm-hmm which are hilarious, like, like the small talk at the party or like the first date when you meet a girl's dad. And I mean, like hilarious, like real life situations. Was it then that like in college that you started just like playing off of these like awkward first situations or these funny scenarios? Or when did you start to like put all these college experiences that sounded like you had at least at Ball State, but did you have those at University of Indianapolis as well? Yeah, it wasn't. So I didn't dive into that really until after. I mean, I spent the first three years of my college uh, time really going after sports broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to be a play-by-play broadcaster, hosting radio shows, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I took this class the second semester of my junior year of college. It was called Writing for TV. And I'm going into it, I thought it was going to be like, you know, uh, how to write a, a boring newscast, you know, like channel six, here's the latest news at the top of the hour. Right. <laughs> like, and it wasn't, it was how to write comedy, how to write comedy for TV. So like, oh, you know, right. uh, sitcoms and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, Holy cow, this is the greatest thing ever. Like I did, I just opened up my eyes to a whole new world oh, yeah. of again, like, wow, people can get paid to, uh-huh write comedy and, and, you know, you don't have to be the star. You can just make jokes and get paid for it. So I was just blown away. And immediately it was like that light bulb moment. I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. This is what I got to do. Um, and so from that point on my senior year, I spent that just trying to test out comedy stuff, doing stand up, uh, you know, open mics oh, and then, you know, yeah. you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And, uh, after college, me and my buddy who you've probably seen in some of my videos, oh, yeah. uh, the curly head, 
guy, the dark haired, curly haired guy, uh, Johnson. Um, the, office, <laughs> the, the, office, the office, the office lingo yes. guy. Yeah, the, the office, office guys guy. is the best thing that you got. Oh, it's so funny. Thank, funny. Thank you. But uh, we actually grew up together. He's three years older than me. So we grew up together going to same Catholic grade school, high school. And then we worked at the same radio station in downtown Indianapolis. Mm. And me and him were just like, hey, man, like we're not getting a crack on air. We're not getting a shot why don't we just do our own thing? You know, like we'll, we'll stay here and make money and do what we got to do. But on the side, let's try to do some funny stuff. And uh, yeah, so we started doing that in 2017 and obviously now we're still doing it. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break from the episode and recognize an opportunity that we all have. It, if you are having a hard week or you just need some R and R, here's what you got to do is you got to drive up 75 North cross the red river to Durant, Oklahoma, to Choctaw Casino and Resort. It is the best getaway that you can mm. get if you're in the Dallas area by far. And guess what? If you're listening from somewhere outside of DFW, say you're in South Texas or you're in another state, which we've yeah. got some listeners uh, in other states, fly into Dallas, drive up. It is worth every penny. You don't have to go to Vegas anymore to have a world-class experience at a world-class resort and casino. Yeah, we talk about the restaurants that are up there, those steakhouses. We talk about the concert venue. Uh, we, we had a conversation with Aaron Watson previously, and he talked about the, the intimacy. Every single seat in that concert venue is right on top. I and mean, there's not a bad seat in the house. There's not. And so these artists talk about it's one of the best places to play. And so go check, check out your, yourself a concert, the spa, the, the brand-new expansion. I mean, it's just such a good time. To your point, Tyler, if you need a break, things are getting crazy, times are tough, get up there, get up to Choctaw Casino Resort, have yourself a great time. We, we experience it. We love it. Uh, they're doing great things in the community. Can't say enough good things, and we're so grateful for their partnership. That's Choctaw Casino Resort. Go check them out. Now back to the episode. When was, and, and I'm kind of jumping ahead because I still want to go back to that stand-up comedy and what those first yes, shows were yeah, like. Nice. Yeah. I don't want to breeze over that. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's like everybody thinks, okay, this overnight sensation. They, be, they became viral. One of your videos finally hit. But you've been working for years before, like, like Barstool, reaches out and says, Hey, Joey, man, we want to, you know, get your own little talk show on this, or we want to start collaborating on things. So, I mean, what was that grind period like? You know, it was, um, it was tough. It was, there was, uh, a lot of times I had, you know, kind of come to Jesus moments with myself, uh, with my, uh, at the time, girlfriend, my now wife, uh, Ben, even, uh, you know, kind of my partner and all of it, my parents, a few close buddies were just like, you know, is this worth it? Is it going to pay off? You know, I'm putting in a lot of time, a lot of hours, a lot of creativity and a lot of thought, uh, with, with not any money (laughs) at all, uh, to, to do this stuff at what point, if ever, is it going to work out? Um, so I, 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 I thought about that a lot, man. Um, and had those talks, but at the end of the day, I just, you know, I always knew I was just like, no, no, this, this is what I, I want to do. This is what I need to do. Um, you know, I felt like I just, I found my purpose, right. Of, yeah. uh, of being creative and, and, and trying to bring joy to the world, whether, you know, just making people laugh and brighten in their day by, by sketches or characters or whatever. So I was just like, you know, I, I got to, I got to keep going. Um, and so that's really all it was, was just kind of that like belief that the belief and kind of, a higher plan, a higher purpose for myself mm. to just keep going after it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. kept going after it. And then finally, you know, over the last few years, it's, it's really started to kind of pay some dividends. So, so, yeah. so what were really some like, of the, what were some of the options? I mean, what, what, what was the other option? Was there something else that you thought, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm going to lean back on this. Yeah. I mean, cause at the time, like I said, I, all, all the while I was, I was working for a local radio station right. in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. you know, kind of ESPN affiliate, just kind of doing a bunch of grunt work, you know, digital stuff, um, you know, producing shows, running the board, we'd get like mm-hmm. a weekend show, like an hour on a Saturday to, you know, get me mm-hmm. out of the program director's office kind of deal. <laughs> uh, just doing everything I could. And so, so that was going on. And I was like, I can keep doing that and kind of wait out the process. You know, maybe somebody leaves and I'll get my shot. Or maybe I go into like sales, you know, right. or, or, or like kind of the more business side of it to, to make more money, you know, because I had 
here I am, I'm doing all this creative stuff and we're building a following and we're hosting these parties at our events. We're doing this, but then like, you know, a, a digital marketing strategist advisor is making like three times the amount I am. And I'm like, what do you even do? Like you just yeah. go to meet, like you send emails to people and you go to meetings. Like, how are you getting paid that much? You don't do anything. Um, <laughs> so that was the other option. I was like, I guess I can be one of those guys. Right. Right. Um, do less. No, do less. <laughs> right, right, right. So I was just like, but I, I just couldn't, man. I just see them in my, my now wife. She knew she'd be like, if you do that, you're going to hate yourself yeah. and then you're going to make our relationship worse because you're just going to be, yeah, you're going to hate it. And my dad, my mom said the same thing. And uh, so those were the only options really. It was like, keep going with that or just like fall back and go to eight meetings a day and like, just talk about nothing and somehow get paid like $75,000 a year. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, so in, in those early years, I mean, there's no, correct me if I'm wrong, there's not really a blueprint for what you're doing. It's, it's pretty open creatively. You can kind of go whatever direction you want to go. So in those early days, how did you know what to do? Like what, when you wake up, like what did a day look like trying to grow this thing, trying to grow this following? Yeah, man. I mean, it, it took time. It definitely did. There was a while where when me and Ben first started, you know, we were, we were glad if we got a video out once every few weeks. Mm. Right. Mm. And we were like, Oh yeah, we're doing something. We get like one, maybe two a month. Right. Like we're doing something. And so looking back at that now to, to where we are now, it's like, man, that, that was definitely not going to work. That was not sustainable. You know, you gotta, you gotta be on it, but you know, really the, yeah, like you said, there was no, you know, we try to be topical, right? So mm-hmm. if there was like a holiday coming up or an event coming up, we try to make a sketch kind of based around that. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, people ask me a lot now, uh, are you ever afraid that you're going to run out of material or you're going to, uh, you know, not have anything to do? And I'm like, no, not, not really at all. Because every day brings a new thing. If you're looking for it, that can be funny. Whether you're in line at Starbucks or you're walking the dog or you're in a meeting or, I mean, there's so much around you. If you just pay attention and open your eyes and kind of are looking for it, sure. You can say, I can, I can make that a character. I can make Mm -hmm. that a sketch that people have been in and, and, and make it funny. Um, so there's, that's one of my favorite parts, right? Is it's challenging because I don't wake up every day and I'm like, ah, I got my schedule of this, 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 I got to knock out. But at the same time, it's so like liberating to just be able to be like, all right, I woke up. Oh, wow. That was hilarious. While I was, uh, you know, in the Starbucks line, this person was struggling with the menu. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this could be a sketch. And that's, that's a lot of fun. So, so do you remember your first sketch that one that just caught fires, one that you just, you know, you, you put out and you were like, holy shit, this one went somewhere. Is is there one in particular that really caught? Oh yeah. Uh, Nick Saban on Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was the first, holy shit, uh, one, you know, I'd been at it for two or three years and me and Ben have had our success and, and things that we were like, wow, that did well. People liked it, but nothing compared to, uh, that video, you know? Um, so I, I, I released it the day before Thanksgiving two years ago. Uh, and it was doing well. And people were like, you know, we go out for, for that Wednesday night, you know, before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where everybody's back in town and well, yeah. you know, and, you know, so I had a few people that were just like, dude, saving today. That was crazy. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man, you know. But then on Thanksgiving Day, I wake up, and, it, I mean, I don't even know what happened. Like, all of a sudden, ESPN and Sports Illustrated and Barstool and all these accounts are, are tweeting it out and retweeting it. And I'm like, holy, you know, this is nuts. You know, I went from, like, 2,500 followers the day before Thanksgiving to, like, 12,000 followers on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, my gosh. And, and the video – you know, just went like 3 million views. And so that was the first, whoa, like Saban's daughter, like quote tweeted it and everything. Like, so it just, it went nuts. Um, but that was the first one. That was the one. Wow. So Coming with that, the- with that success, what was, what was on the other side of it for you? Did you feel like, Oh crap. Now I got to follow this up with more. Or was it like, Hey, look, I'm just going to keep doing me and I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, I, I think it was. I never had a panic of like, oh well, now I got to follow it up because I've always had. I I had been doing it, yeah. and so I knew that I was always going to have material. You know what I mean? So I was fine with that. 
Uh, I think the weirdest part was just kind of the microscope feel, you know, Mm -hmm. because like all of a sudden now you feel like there's so many eyeballs on that video. There's so many eyeballs on that, on your profile now. Right. And there's, um, you know what I mean? And then on the other side of it, it's like all of a sudden now, because it goes viral, then you get the bad part of going viral Mm -hmm. where, Mm -hmm. You know, people are like, this guy sucks, or this right. doesn't sound like it. This is a bunch of shit. Like, right. go home. You know. So then, so those two things, it was like kind of having where at the time it felt like you know the world was on my, well, you know, world's eyes were on me. And then you have people who are kind of you know giving me shit for it. That was a weird adjustment, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was awesome because it was like, wow, finally, like this is happening. You know what I mean? Like I'm on ESPN, and 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 I'm and I'm I'm, I'm gaining a following and. It was definitely a Thanksgiving that uh, me and, and my wife and my family are not going to forget. That's sure. so. <laughs> so how did you deal with the criticism? Because there's a lot of people out there, Joey, that, that you know, they look at the criticism and then it just, you know, consumes they, them. Consumes yeah. them. They, they just stop and they take it to heart or whatnot. Did the criticism bother you that much or were you more or less like, hey, I don't give a damn what people think? No, I, I definitely have my struggles with it. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it ever consumed me mm-hmm. just because I, you know, I, I know that's just what comes with it. Right. You know, I mean, LeBron, like uh, this is not, I'm not comparing myself at all, but the way that makes me feel better are two things. One, LeBron James is the most hated player in the NBA, mm-hmm. but he's also the most loved player. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. But and then I say, like, my mom hates the Beatles. And for me, I'm like, how can you hate the Beatles? Right. So those two things I always look at. I'm like, no matter what you do, no matter what Mm -hmm. happens, no matter how good you are, no matter what the situation is, there are always going to be people who say you suck. There are always going to be people who hate you. Um, But definitely for a little bit there, it was just like, damn, what the hell? Right. Like these people, this like cruel, like (laughs) don't even know me. Right. Uh, That's a fine. That's a fine. (laughs) We had, so we had another joke. cell phone. Sorry, you're on a roll. <laughs> all good. All good. Uh, but no, so it, it definitely was a transition period where it was just like, damn, that's kind of tough, you know? Like, Well, it's it, it's such a weird deal because, you know, all of a sudden you went from, like you said, 2,500 to 12,000 followers. And so on this phone, all of a sudden you're, you're blowing up. But yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong, out in your regular life, day to day, you weren't all of a sudden being recognized day to day, were you? No. Right. No. So it's just a weird, it's just such a, yeah. an interesting. Well, it's not like, oh, hey, I, I made it. I can quit my job. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. Like, you've still got to go on with life. Like, you got to still do what you got to do. Well, it was funny, though, is like when I, I vividly remember when I hit 10,000 followers on Twitter, it felt like I had made it. I, I <laughs> felt like I'm like, that yeah, 10K, yeah. 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 Like, that's So it's just funny, you know, when you look back at things like that, you know, and, and it kind of, you know, humbles you and then just takes you back to where you were, which is nice. Yeah, con- content creation is interesting because, you know, like you said, 10,000 followers, if you compare that to a Joe Rogan or whoever, it's like they've got millions, 10,000, but that's 10,000 people <laughs> that are following. That is a lot of people if you put that many in a room. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah. if you put that in context. Yeah, 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 um, for sure. I remember one time one of my buddies was like, um, cause it, it, it was after that and it was when I was before barstool, but, but when I was still growing, I think I'd hit like 250 K. And so he's like, wow. So how does it feel to have a quarter of a million people know who you are? And I was like, Whoa, you know, like when you said yeah. it like that, right. right. In the middle, mm. You know what I mean? So, um, that was, you know, it's all just been surreal, man. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, everything that, you know, I've worked for and, and, and wanted, and now I'm just trying to, you know, keep make, making good on it. Yeah. So walk us through from that Thanksgiving video, kind of the process up to now, because there's a lot that's happened in between in those two years, obviously. But but walk us through kind of the events that, that led you to where you're at today. Yeah, a lot. Um, so from that point, yeah, like I said, like, then all of a sudden, you know, at the radio station and, and around town, you know, there was a little bit more of like, oh, okay, this guy may have something here. Right. You know, he's just like the producer guy. Um, so I just kept pushing, you know, I kept creating content, you know, and I ran, ran from, you know, going from, you know, just Nick Saban to all of a sudden Coach O and Coach O and Waterboy and, uh, <laughs> you know, continuing to try to come up with these sketches and these impressions and, and put them out there and, and, and see what people thought and hopefully gain a following. So 
You know, it, it was interesting too because it was like our holidays were kind of marked by it. So like Thanksgiving, I did saving, went crazy. Christmas Day, I did saving again, went crazy. Uh, and then the third one, I can't remember. Oh, the third one, then all of a sudden, like I'm getting invited down to the college football championship in New Orleans, <laughs> beginning of 2020, uh, because of LSU and my mm. coach O. Uh, they invited me down there. And so then I'm watching, you know, I'm in a suite with Drew Brees watching LSU beat Clinton. Mm. Um, so this, you know, and I'm like, oh, damn, this is crazy. And at that point, it was continuing to grow. I think it was up to like 35, 40,000. Um, and gosh, I can't remember really the few that came after that. But again, I was just like constantly pushing. I was never, mm. you know, I, I, I never want to be satisfied. I always want to, uh, you know, diversify my, I mean, I don't just want to be one trick guy, right? Mm-hmm. I hate, sometimes I see people who create content and everybody has their own thing and that's great. Uh, but I just never want to be the guy who's like, oh, he just does that. Or right. he just does this. Like, I want to do sketches. I want to act. I want to do impressions. I want to do impressions of a bunch of different people. Like, I want to host shows. You know what I'm saying? So I, I kept pushing and doing as much as I could for that. And I just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, and then... Let's see. It was right before the pandemic, end of February 2020, the combine, the NFL combine is always in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So it was a great setup because you know, the whole NFL world is in yeah. my backyard. So at that point, I get a message from Big Cat from Barstool. And it's like, hey, man, been following you. Going to be in town in India. I know you're there. I uh, would love to meet up and talk. I was like, hell yeah, this is great. Let's go. <laughs> So they get into town, me, Big Cat, PFT, the guys from Pardon My Take, uh-huh. we, do a, uh, we do a few videos together, and we talk and hang out for a little bit, uh, and the videos go nuts, do super well, and then um, Big Cat gave my information to Dave Portnoy. So later that night, after meeting up with them, I get a call from Dave, and before you know it, the next week, me and my wife are going out to New York to meet, you know, the whole crew, basically have them give their final recruiting pitch or whatever. And uh, the first week of March 2020, I'm in New York, leave, maybe an offer I couldn't refuse, assign the contract, and then we come back, planning to move to New York after the Indy 500 that mm-hmm. May, mm-hmm. and then bada boom, the first day that I officially start, the world shuts down and everybody oh has gosh. to stay home. And so my first three months on the job was all just happening from my living room like everybody else. It was crazy. So so was that was that good or bad for you? A little bit of both. Um, you know, we kind of looked at it as like now's our time. Everybody's yeah. sitting at home, everybody needs something to to mm-hmm. consume themselves, everybody needs something to make them feel better about what's mm-hmm. going on and the, the craziness and the scariness of what's going on. And so it was good on that front because it was like, yeah, hell yeah. You know, now's our Super Bowl. It's like mm-hmm. strap them up and let's make some content and make people laugh. Uh, but then also it was bad just because it's like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Am I going to move to New York? Am I going to, you know, what, 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 I don't know. Um, so it was definitely weird timing. Uh, and then, you know, from the pandemic, it just happened to where me and my wife decided, you know, we're just going to stay in Indy, uh, not going to move out to New York. Um, you know, up, uplift our lives for, you know, I signed a two year deal. Right. So it's like, by the time that you could move to New York, what, we're going to move there for 14 months and then right. who the hell knows. Right. Yeah, right. So we just decided to stay in Indy and you know, that's what we're doing. I'm still working from home. I'm still writing. I'm still doing all my videos and everything like that, but it is weird to kind of just be out on an Island, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So going back to that moment where, you know, they call you up, you go out to meet Dave, I'm always fascinated, you know, by the moment that your goals are achieved and not saying that you're done, that, that everything, you know, that you accomplish everything, but that was a big milestone for you. And I'm always curious when people do reach that summit that they've been working on for years and years and years, what was that feeling like for you when you're sitting there, you were Dave Portnoy, you're about to sign the con, like, what was that moment like? Yeah. I mean, the only way I can really describe it is just surreal. You know, I mean, yeah, you think about, I mean, it's all cliche, right? You think about those times when me and Ben were 
up editing a video till 4 a.m. to get, you know, 25 retweets or whatever. And then, you know, just doing things like that. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, Eric and Nardini is like, we'd love to have you at Barstool Sports. You know, you, you remember those moments, you know, you, you, you really um, keep those in mind because then you think about where you've come from, right. And how far I've come. Uh, but then now I'm thinking about, okay, well now I'm here and, and, and now I want to keep pushing to whatever's next at Barstool or, or maybe whatever's next elsewhere. I don't know. You right. know what I mean? What, Where's the next 10 years from now? Um, so I just say surreal, you know what yeah. I mean? Just surreal and really just uh, thankful uh, just because I, I feel like, I, you know, I, I like I, I said earlier, I felt like that was my purpose, right? And I feel like that's why I was here. So I just feel thankful that I'm just like rewarded with people who um, also, you know, seem to appreciate and, and allow me to, to do what I feel like I'm here to do. And that's to make people laugh, man. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Super, super, super surreal. Yeah. T- talk to us about those earlier because you mentioned the 25 retweets. You know, we've had conversations, discussions, and, and with other people of, you know, in those early years when you're in the grind, it's something that you enjoy, but the feedback's just not there, right? The results aren't necessarily there. So you said mm-hmm. you'd stay up till 4 a.m. to get 25 retweets. For you personally, what was that like early on doing all this effort, all this time, and yet the, the tangible results just weren't there? It just felt good to be doing it, you know, um, just because it was something that myself, me and Ben have always wanted to do. And so we just have, we, we would have a blast, you know, and it'd be frustrating because we just felt like we couldn't crack through. I couldn't mm-hmm. crack through, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, we're doing it, you know, like so often so many people in whatever field it is, mm-hmm. you know, want to, want to talk to talk or talk about doing it, but then they never do. And and so that was very gratifying, you know, it was just mm. doing it. And just the fact that we enjoyed it so much, like yeah. we had so much fun doing it and I had so much fun doing it that even if it didn't do that well, like we're still just like that. I don't, we don't want to do anything else. We couldn't imagine doing anything oh. else, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think on a, you know, kind of a, a, a Ted talk stage, it's kind <laughs> of like, if you can find something that you'd be willing to do for free, you know, and you're and you do it for free, you know, imagine what it'd be when somebody's paying you to do it. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the approach is just, uh, finding that and and I found it and it's like, all right, you can always go out to a bar and get drunk and, you know, be out till 2am and do that every weekend. But that gets a little, little dull, you know, it it happens so often with kids our age at that time. So it was like, I'd rather be working on this sketch, like being, you know, acting and like making, you know, making each other laugh because at least that's like something different. You know what I mean? So it was, uh, it was frustrating at times, but more so than not, it was just like, we were doing it because he loved it. I want to take another quick break. And speaking of breaks, I want to thank, thank our sponsor sleep number who gives you the best break <laughs> of every single day of your life, which is sleep mm. and what they're doing with their technology and their mattresses is second to none. They have taken the mattress game and put it on steroids. Yeah. They check your heart rate, your your circadian rhythm. They're doing all these different things to test you while you're sleeping to make sure that it's custom and that every single night is the most restorative, restful sleep that you're ever going to get. It's no accident that Sleep Number is the official sleep partner of the NFL. And because NFL athletes are at the top when it comes to recovery, when it comes to taking care of your body and nothing is more important than sleep. We've talked about it on the show multiple times, making sure you take care of your sleep. And there's a reason that Dak Prescott sleeps on one every single Mm -hmm. night. And there's a reason that his career has blossomed the way that it has. So make sure either you go online, sleepnumber.com, you go into a local store, they're going to walk you through it. You're going to experience the entire process of understanding what your sleep score is or what your sleep number is. And then ultimately showing you how to achieve the highest sleep score uh, because that's what's important is how you actually sleep and how you recover so that you can tackle the day with everything that you have. It's the VIP experience that we're all looking for. That's right. Sleepnumber.com. Like Tyler said, go get yourself to a local store and get yourself that VIP experience. Now back to the episode. You've gotten to know Barstool over the last, you know, gosh, almost, I guess almost two years. It's getting close, I guess. Um, so from an outsider's perspective, bar stools that, uh, 
you know, that media behemoth now, right? That just pushes the lines and they're edgy yeah. and they're this. But talk about what it's like on the inside, right? The culture within, because, you know, we've heard interviews and we've talked to people and like, it's just a place that people love being. But talk to us, your perspective, you know, being a teammate there and what the organization is like from within. Yeah, it's different since, you know, I'm mostly yeah. out of the office. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've gotten close with, with a handful of my coworkers and I've spent, you know, weeks at a time out there and everything. And mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, it's like, again, cliche, but you know how like when you're with your family and your siblings, like when you're at the house growing up, you guys will give each other shit all the time and you'll right. rag each other and you'll throw each other around. But if somebody else does it, that, that draws the line. You're going right. to go after them. You know right. what I mean? Um, and so I, I, I would say it's a lot like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, a lot of energy in that place, a lot of creativity, a lot of kind of magic stuff happening, Whether because you never know. All of a sudden, like, something could happen on a random Wednesday, and then that's, like, the lead story mm-hmm. on ESPN or Fox News. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, you don't know, right? Yeah. It could be, be everywhere. So – uh, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, creative magic happening. Yeah, you just said that, creative. So, again, it, Barstool's a creative platform and, you know, cutting-edge platform. Has it? Have you always controlled your creative? Has it, your sketches, these are your sketches. Are, are you having to keep them out of that? Or, you know, what's that dynamic been like? That was, I mean, that's one – that was one of the biggest selling points and is one of the, my favorite parts about working there is Dave, you know, from, I was like, all right, so you want me to be a part of this. What do you want me to do? All right. Mm-hmm. Like what, what's my daily thing? Like, and he's like, just do what you do. He, <laughs> like, I, I don't, he, you know, he's like, I don't babysit you. And he's like, you can do as much or as little work as you want. And you know, you can be the biggest star or, or the little star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to babysit you. And uh, he's like, it's on you, but uh, I, I don't give you, you know, like, I don't control you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you do what you do. He's like, I, I want you here to do what you do. And so I'm like, all right. So, that's you know, you, you just take it and run with it, right? So mm-hmm. that's me and all my coworkers, right? We just, we come up with an idea. We go after it. If it pops off, beautiful. If not, you know, you, you know, go back to the drawing board and you, you know, come out for the next at bat. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like now? for you operationally like you film a video you edit it is it or do you have people that help you edit now are you still doing everything just yourself organically you and ben still doing stuff together is it same same old same old you're just better at it yeah (laughs) that's what's really funny now is you know because because ben is he's popped off too and Uh he's doing very successful he's very successful in his own right Uh um you know so when we collab now together it is really funny to just kind of again look back and thinking about how times have changed and everything, but it's still the same old process. You know, it really is. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we edit all our own stuff. I edit all of wow. my own stuff. Um, it's just real simple, you know, I mean, it, it's nothing crazy. So, uh, I film, I edit, I, I act on all that stuff. I love it. <laughs> so amazing. I want to talk about what amazes me, uh, is, is your ability, like the impressions, right? You know, you, you think of like, Frank Caliendo, like, is, like, one of the master impressionists, right? And he just does phenomenal. But, like, I'm not kidding. Like, it's it, – I'm look, I'm watching your stuff, and I'm like, okay, that, he's got it. Like, he's got that. How do you get – have you always done impressions? Is that something that's always just kind of you've always done? Or is it just taking a lot of work and practice? Because, like, they're spot on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, Frank's my guy. Frank yeah. is uh, a mentor and a friend and somebody that I've, I mean, I've been a fan of for as long as I can remember. So mm-hmm. he's been so great to, you know, he, he reached out to me to start that's and awesome. was just always so supportive and, and, and um, still is, you know what I mean? So that's all so surreal. Um, but yeah, you know, I just growing up, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about being a class clown. I, I wasn't a class clown as much as like, at recess and at lunch and at friends' houses on the, excuse me, on the weekends, like I use that as my time to impersonate like teachers and yeah. coaches uh. and <laughs> other friends' parents and, 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 uh, you know, yeah. different things like that. Right. Mm. Uh, so I started doing that mm. and, you know, all the people around that would think they're funny and like them and everything. And so that was kind of my first getting on stage type of moments. Uh, but then when I was just kind of like mucking around in, in the media world and then come up, I was like, okay, 
you know, it's so competitive, right? Like it, it's so hard to, to land a full-time talk show or to be a play-by-play broadcaster. How do I make myself stand out? Um, right. How do I get, get it to where somebody would be like, Oh, wow, that guy is different from the other, uh, 50,000, you know, sports broadcasters that are wanting a job. I was like, I, I've always been able to do impressions when I was a kid. I was like, why don't I try out a few people that everybody else will know. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started going from it from there and, you know, uh, Andrew Luck was a big one. Oh, oh, Andrew Luck, those are oh. really good. But I mean, how do you, pr- are yeah. you just standing in front of a mirror because it's facial expressions. It's not just like, Hey, yeah. sound like them. Not, re- I mean, like I record myself, I'll put myself on camera, you know, and I'll, I'll watch it back just like, you know, Darren or yeah. you guys would when mm-hmm. it comes to practice or, or mm-hmm. film or whatever. I kind of, all right, you know, I can hit this line differently. You know, I can make this facial expression. I can use more hands. I can, yeah. So I, I guess in a way I, I, I kind of will watch it back and be like, God, ah, rip it again and, and mm-hmm. do it maybe with a lower tone and, uh-huh. and maybe give more of a, a lip bite if you're Collinsworth or, or whatever it is. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, I, I watch back film, I guess you could say. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love Colin it. Cowherd. Uh, yeah. Chris Collinsworth. Those are some of my favorite ones. I mean, those are just so, so spot on. on point. So, I mean, the Owen Wilson one too, though, like yeah. it's just the quick hitters that are just like, dude, that, that is on point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what about the, uh, the you, you mentioned stand up comedy. And doing that early on, is that something you still do? Do you do, do you tour and do comedy shows at all? Uh, what does that look like? You know, I'd like to, I, I haven't, um, I haven't gotten right before the pandemic, I was getting on stage more and more just trying to push myself. I mean, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I've done to the point where I enjoy it yet. It's really a, a gru- gruesome process, yeah. right? It's, a, it's, it's not a whole lot of like, it, it's just tough. Um, but, but now I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, maybe I would, you know, that could work out. Right. Like I can definitely put together an act and, and I want to have that kind of touring relationship. I want to get up on stage and have people to be able to come and, and, and experience that with me because I love watching people that I, I think are funny and I enjoy doing it. You know what I mean? So definitely something I'd like to do eventually got a few things kind of in the works, uh, like that, but no, I haven't, I haven't, uh, been getting back up on stage. Yeah. Mm. Are you yeah. still utilizing the, the writing that you, that class you described earlier? Like, is that, are you still writing out like scripts and like, okay, Hey, I'm, I'm structuring it this way and it's this and, and it's cut into that. Like, like the ones I love, like I love the one that, um, uh, that you just posted, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, the one about the first date, like, the guy going to the girlfriend's house and meeting the family for the first time, like the awkward kitchen conversation and like yeah, so things like that. Like it, it, uh, it varies. Like, so some of them, like the ones that me and Ben do a lot of them, those will be more scripted out uh-huh. because that's, you know, two people were kind of acting off of each other. Um, some of the ones that I'll do where it's like a phone call between like Saban and Orgeron, yeah. those will be more scripted. <laughs> yeah. Keep it tight and clean. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but a lot of the other stuff, like, like the boyfriend one that you're talking about, uh, what I'll do is I'll, you know, I'll have the concept. All right. New boyfriend meets the friend group for the first time. And then I'll kind of just go and put, put down some notes of like uh, talking about what you do for a living, um, gambling with the guys, you know, different kind of yeah. general things. And then I'll just record myself and I'll kind of just run with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And try to put myself in that situation of what, what did I say? What would I say if I'm meeting my wife's new friends from work for the first time Yeah, uh, and kind of go from there. So I, I really kind of like try to take pride and just like opening up the camera and then just going because uh-huh. then I'm like, all right, I feel confident if I can be funny doing that and I can act good enough doing that and people like it, then, you know, when they give me a script, then I'll be okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, and that, I mean, those are so on point too. Cause those are like the real conversations. Uh-huh. I, like I was going to ask and you just, you just kind of answered it, but I was going to ask like, how much research are you doing for these? Like right. how much research are you doing? Cause even the office jokes, like those are even like <laughs> right. on point too. And I know you spent some time with the radio station and doing that, but I mean, we, we are in an office and it's like real life office humor. I, yeah, that's one thing I've definitely missed, you know, being a remote worker. And then obviously with the pandemic is like, 
I need some more ammo for some office talk, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been out of the game for so long. But, uh, <laughs> as much as I hated that stuff, I loved it because it gave me so much. Uh, yes. so much yeah. So what's new? What's coming up, man, that uh, we can be on the lookout for? Um, yeah, just kind of my, my, my daily, um, not daily, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty frequent, uh, sketches and characters that I'll put out on my social, uh, channels. Um, I did just record something pretty cool. I can't give too many details, but it's a show that I've watched for a long time that I, I get to be a part of that, uh, will be coming out, um, next Saturday. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, but it, I think it'll be coming out next year. Uh, so awesome. it's a sitcom. Awesome. Uh, but so I recorded something for that, and uh, yeah, just trying to you know keep keep having opportunities at Barstool, and um, you know whatever opportunities come out come my way, whether it be acting or uh, you know voice work or, or whatever, then I'm I'm gonna try to do. But other than that. Just, just me on my social channels yeah, talking to myself it. and a whole bunch of different voices and whatnot. <laughs> and Joey, has anyone reached back out to you, whether it be Coach O or Coach Saban? Anyone reached out to you personally and said, "Man, you, you hit it on the nail." Um, so I got to meet Coach O about two months ago. Finally, uh-huh. I was down there at LSU and uh, talked with him for a little bit, and and you know he he was great. He was a great sport about it. We got the rip and go Tigers together. Um, Saban's, Saban's daughter, uh, I've become pals with her online and, you know, she, she always gives feedback and it's like, Oh God, that's spot on. Like, you know, that's what he would do. Uh, Jimmy Fallon has retweeted a couple of mine of him. Mm -hmm. Um, and he kind of has like poked me a little bit of like, you know, I've done some of him and like Adam driver and he's like, Oh, your Adam driver could use some work. But like, I think he's giving me credit for him. Uh, you know what I mean? So I haven't had too many where I've had face to face interactions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there's been those different online things where people have seen him. Colin Cowherd has talked yeah. about me on the show, uh, like three times. He always calls me Joey something like he can never take <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who could do that. Like, what kind of asshole would not figure out yeah, how to say you. your name? Yeah, he, he, like, he's talked about me like four times on his show. And he's always, he's always just like, uh, Joey, Joey something. He, he's, he's funny. And uh, that's it. You know, he always calls me Joey something. So uh, just those things. But Coach O is the only person in face-to-face person that I've met that I've uh, Man, I love it. Man, this is awesome. So, Darren, Darren kind of asked a little bit, like maybe a different way to ask it is: is what does the you know what is what are the, are your future goals now? Now that you've done everything that you've done so far, like what do you hope? You know, you had the, you had the, you had a vision for what it could be in 2017, but now that it's starting to come true, what's the next step as far as your your progression goes? Like, what's the hope going forward? Yeah, I get I get asked that a lot on you know online or just with, you know, different family members or whatever. And I, you know, I really think that, you know, what I would say is just like if 20 years from now I'm still waking up and, and I can put a roof over my head by making people laugh, uh-huh. then that's, then that's it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because then I think if I keep that mindset and I just keep going after that, I mean, it's got me to this point. So if I keep doing that, then all these other opportunities will hopefully come from it. I don't know what that is exactly. Um, But again, like if I can just keep doing that, keep enjoying that, keep trying to make people laugh, be funny, bring joy to the world uh, in my small way that I can, then everything else will take care of itself. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I definitely, like that, that's what I want to do and what I, what I plan on doing. Um, I guess, you know, like acting, I, I would really like to, mm. um, as a challenge, I guess, uh, go from just being, you know, the internet guy or whatever to, you know, all of a sudden people can, can see me on TV or, or uh, in a movie or uh-huh. whatever it is. So, uh, I, I guess as a challenge, that's it. But really, you know, the goal every day is just to, uh, you know, try to be funny and, and, and make people laugh. So I love that's it. it. That's great. So, Summary for me in, in this conversation, and we're gonna we're gonna hit you with our with our last question here in just a sec. But summary for me that I want listeners to to take away from this is is Joey followed what he felt like he was, his purpose, right? Something that he loved and he enjoyed, and he stayed true to it. I mean, through the hard times, through the adversity, you know, through all the questions that surrounded it, 
he went back to the basic fundamentals of I enjoy making people laugh and bringing joy into the world, the basic fundamentals of it. Right. And that has staying consistent with it and not, and like you said earlier, it was, okay, it was like sporadic, but being consistent, that's, that's what's really hard for a lot of people yeah. nowadays is it's like, okay, I'm going to try it for three weeks or a month or three months or, or a year even. And I didn't make it. Okay. I'm going to move on. Right. That choice that you had to make a couple years into it was like, you had to stay consistent. And that yeah. is, that is how you win the race, right? You keep going. But then also too, now I just, I mean, I hear the heart behind you and it's not about, I don't hear you saying, man, I want to get, I want to get to 20 million followers and I want to make this much money. And I want to, what I hear is, man, like I was created to bring joy in this world yeah. and I'm doing that and I love it. And I can, I'm going to keep doing it mm-hmm. because yeah. just a light bulb money. I mean, it's like, again, yeah, you know, you keep going back. I keep going back to these like cliches, but again, it's, it's, you have to, and, and, and I never understood that about anything else I did in life. Like whether it was schoolwork or even sports broadcasting or, you know, when I was playing sports, like doing the training for it, like when, when I would hear people like say like, you have to love the process more than you love the result. Uh-huh. I, it was like, eh. With, with what I do now, I absolutely thousand, but you have to fall in love with that. You have to love that. Because like you said, if you're just like, Oh, I want to have 20 million followers, then you don't really yeah. want that. You know, you don't really, you're not really planning on getting that. You just want that. Right. You know? It's like, Hey, I want $20 million. You know, Hey, I want to have a mansion. Right. It's like, anybody can say that. Like you have to, whatever it is, man, whether it's, you want to be a doctor or you want to be a physical trainer, or you want to be a football player, or you want to be a podcast host. Like, the nitty gritty BS that people don't see the results that they don't see. If you're like, man, this gets me fired up. Like I love this. When I get like that new idea, that's funny. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a blast to make. It's going to be hilarious. That's when you know, you got it. That's yeah, when you know, yeah. you got something, man. Man. I love, I love that. that is awesome. That's gold right there. Yeah. You know what I'd love to say? See, is that the outtakes when you, <laughs> when you fuck up, that would be hilarious, man. You to put yeah, those out one of these days. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, I can get pretty heated at myself because I, I usually do pretty all right, but, uh, I can, I can break from being in character to out of character. If I don't feel aligned the right way or whatever, pretty quickly. So yeah. maybe I'll do that. I'll put together a little, uh, fuck up compilation. <laughs> there it is. I love it. Yeah. We also need to get your, uh, your Darren Woodson, uh, oh, NFL yeah. live impression. Uh, one of these. Days. Oh, no, you don't. No, <laughs> yes. you do not. Don't yes, do it. Do. No, don't do it, Joey. <laughs> Just sweating bullets talking yeah. about Jerry Rice. Uh, hey, hit him with the last question. Yeah. Well, we before, go. before we hit you with the last <laughs> yeah. question, where can people find you? There's, there's a lot of listeners of ours that may not may be unfamiliar with you, and they're like, what in the world are they talking about? Where can people find you and see these hilarious Because mainly our demographic is like 55 to 75. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, just my uh, social uh, channels, uh, just my name, at uh, Joey Molinaro, J-O-E-Y-M-U-L-I-N-A-R-O. You find me there on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the same one. Also got a YouTube channel that is uh, the same thing as well. So if you could subscribe there, mm. that'd be great. Awesome. awesome. Man. Yeah, and go check him out because seriously, yeah, we've, we've, we've alluded to all these impressions. Gosh. If you close your eyes, you're literally listening to the person yeah, that he's impersonating. Careful, careful getting lost in his social media <laughs> yeah. because you'll be there for yeah. a while. <laughs> you'll, you'll spend 30 minutes and not even realize it. So, man, this has Thanks. been fun. This has been yeah. a lot of fun. I, I love – I'm so fascinated by yeah. people and their stories, you know, because you see them, like we said earlier mm. – you see you all of a sudden with all these followers, and, and, but, we didn't, but we never got to see the backstory. So it's really fun getting to peel back the onion and hear your story. So our last question is about your journey and is about your story. If you could go back, you know, you think back about the last 5, 10, 15 years, whatever, however long or wherever you want to go back to, if you can go back to any point in your life and tell yourself one thing, doesn't necessarily mean to go change anything or, or you, know, you know, do anything different, but if you just go tell yourself one thing, encourage yourself, where do you go and what do you tell yourself? Mm. Man. Um, I, I'd say probably I'd go back to either my senior year of high school or my freshman year of college, so 18, 19. And I'd, I'd say something along the lines of like, you know, just absolutely 100% go for – the real thing you want, 
don't try to concede your hopes and dreams and expectations for your life and what you want to do because you think other people are going to think it's not realistic or you're afraid that, you know, people are going to boo you off stage or you're going to fail or whatever. Mm. Um, because even though I finally did get there, you know, at the end of college and then coming out of college, sometimes I think back to like, well, what if I just would have committed to comedy and entertainment and sketches and, and acting when I was 17, 18, 19, mm-hmm. instead of, mm-hmm. you know, 22, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I, yeah, I think that's what I'd say is, is, is don't concede your hopes and dreams and, and expectations just because people around you are also too insecure and, yeah. and afraid yeah. to go for what they really want to do. Mm-hmm. Man, I love it. Awesome. That's a great cool, answer. That's awesome. Great answer, yeah. man, Joey. This has been a great yeah. time, man. We so much appreciate you jumping on here and, and get to know you a little bit better, man. This was so much fun. Hey, it was an honor. Thank you for for listening to me and letting me get all fired up and yeah, <laughs> and getting to tell my story, man. This is great. I've uh, you know, Darren, obviously, you know, remember from your playing days and, yeah. and NFL Live. So it's surreal to talk to you and and you fellas. Great to meet you guys as well. Oh, yeah. So. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah if you're no. ever in Dallas, come you know, come come check. Yeah, reach us out, out, man. Yeah. If you're back Please. in Dallas, come on. Absolutely, I've never been down there, so I will take oh, you up on that, yeah. and uh, I, I will. I would love to to meet up, and and yeah, that'd be great. R- yeah. Really, kind of random and, and far out, but are you planning on being at the Super Bowl by any chance this year? Uh, only if one team makes it, and it's looking like <laughs> one. So. Yeah, yeah, we're we're I actually ain't talking about the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> you come out and, yeah. and do Jerry, man. You need to get Jerry. Right, yeah, get yeah. Jerry. Do yeah. Jerry. That's a, that's a new one. <laughs> yeah. All right, awesome, guys. All, All right, man. Take care, Appreciate brother. It, Joe. Have a good you. night.